All right, let me check the levels. All right, looks like we're good. Looks good. What's good? All right. All right, so we are here with Rena Calm. Hello. Hey, how's it going, girl? Pretty great right now. <laughs> Feeling pretty good. Yeah, me too. I yeah. have, I've had nothing to eat all day, and uh, <laughs> I've been <laughs> drinking my dick off, so. <laughs> well, um, I still have my dick, so I think I'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating right now as we're talking. As you can see, but the listeners at home just found out. Because Dan takes great care of us here. He made Dan? us soup. Yeah, he takes care of all the comics. He always makes sure he, he like feeds us. and So nice. He's the best, for mm-hmm. real. He knows we, that uh, me and Jason really love soup. So he really like wanted to make us feel at home. I don't know. I'm never leaving. So. All right. All right. So... Since you haven't heard of my podcast and... Uh, yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, so what we're going <laughs> to do basically is we're going to sit here and just talk about comedy, like the process of it and uh, like how you got into it, like how to do comedy, because I do open mic. Mm-hmm. I don't... I want to move on to the next stage and I know there's plenty of people like that and so I just want to kind of go like behind the scenes and, and, and talk about well, comedy. there's no right answer to these questions, but right. we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I have some questions for you after watching your act a couple of times. Oh, boy. Yeah. You've been yeah. in there. You've been in the trenches with me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I lo- like I really do love your act. Like uh, your style of comedy it is amazing. Uh, I'm completely unfull of bullshit. I don't I don't talk shit like if I say it like I completely mean it. And like oh, I cool. do love your act. Thank so. you. That yeah. means a lot. Yeah. I think the best thing you can hope for is to be doing something different. So <laughs> I hope that my style is different. <laughs> yeah, I do love your style. Um, thank you. Yep. All right. So uh, how long have you been in comedy? Well, that's a... Uh, well, I've, I did like sketch and improv before I did stand up. So I moved to Chicago 13 years ago and I did sketch and improv for a few years. And then I took some time off and I've been doing stand-up for uh, about six years now, a little over six years. All right. So tell me a little bit about the sketch stuff because I am very interested in that. Like yeah. it, it's another style. It's like its own muscle. Mm-hmm. I used to watch Whose Line Is It Anyways all the time. Yeah. Well, that's a crazy, like there's so like improv is a huge world and there's so many different kinds and styles of it. And that's definitely more like game-based short form improv and a lot of Second City is uh we'll use stuff like that comedy sports is like the biggest one that uses like games and stuff like that but i started off doing classes at second city and every theater has their own like structure where second city is trying to teach you how to do improv as a writing tool so that you know you do scenes to come up with sketches right gotcha to make like a second city style review and then i did improv olympic as well which is just io now and their whole thing is just teaching you how to do the Herald, which is their form of improv, you right. know. And then I also did Annoyance, which was my favorite, um, just because that was when I got back into comedy after my break. And Annoyance's whole thing is just like to figure out what your particular kind of funny is and to do that as hard as you okay, can. Okay, yeah. So I think it, um, now that I'm doing stand-up, I kind of like felt like I had to pick a major at a certain point, you know? Right. No, I know what you mean. I couldn't. And it is two different muscles or three different right, yeah. different muscles. It's different parts of your brain. So yep. um, stand-up definitely felt more productive and f- fun for me. I don't know. I still miss the other stuff sometimes. but Do you do it like at all? If I get a chance to, yeah. Okay, but yeah. I'm not like actively working on those projects right now. You know? All right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. 
So what made you want to like start comedy? Like what made? I what don't was know. I'm still wondering. <laughs> <laughs> still wondering if it's a good idea. To be honest with you, no, uh, it's a great idea. Um, I just moved here when I was 21, um, or to Chicago rather, from Massachusetts, because like I knew I wanted to do something with comedy. And my roommate from high school, um, well, we went to high school together, but she was my roommate in Chicago. She worked at Second City, and she's like, "Check it out." and so I did, and <laughs> now I'm here. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, tell me about your first open mic. What was that like? <laughs> my first first open mic? Yeah, your very first, because I can tell you about mine. Go ahead. My very first open mic was many years ago, and I was not ready. And it didn't go terrible, but I just wasn't ready for that. Um, but, like, I think, like, Hannibal was there and T.J. Miller. Like, they were all in oh, the wow. room. Yeah, because that was, like, early, early Chicago days. Um, and I remember somebody telling me that I had really good stage presence, but I needed to work on my jokes. And I was like, yep, I know. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and then, like, a few years later, I was at a bar, and there was an open mic going on. And my friends just kind of, like, pushed me into the open mic. So I think I ruined an open mic one time. <laughs> um, and I don't remember what I said, but I did wake up with, like, 27 business cards in my bra and, like, Subway sandwich cards. So that was encouraging. And uh, then my first open mic, when I, like, meant it, <laughs> that was actually the first night that my open mic, Three Dead Moose in Chicago, the first night we had it, I was hosting it. it was like my first time doing it. So you went from basically doing it twice to hosting. And twice over the span of years. Like I did it once, then like years later I did it once, then when I started hosting I hadn't done it in a long time. Oh wow, that's that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating some soup right now, but I mean it. It is crazy. Yeah, mm -hmm. Dan, Dan's food is uh, it's amazing. So yeah, um, it's a pretty crazy way to start, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because I had something to offer people that had no reason to know my name. You know, I had stage time to offer. Okay. So I got to network with people that I really respected before they were, I kind of wish that they hadn't seen my act that early. Right, yeah. Well, you're not supposed to be good when you first started basically anything. You're not going to be good. Right. It like, doesn't matter if it's ping pong, chess. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be good when you first show up. No, and also I don't know how seriously I was taking it then because the bar where we have the open mic, I just worked there. So I was like, well, I don't know. This is just like another thing I'm doing at this bar. And okay, so we'll see how it goes. I was just like drunk for the first year, basically. Oh, so you're just going up, having fun, killing time. Yeah, and just having. But then, you know, I mean, the people that were coming to my open mic when we started, I mean, that's like Lisa Traeger and Drew Michael. Lisa Traeger just headlined here not too okay. long ago. Um, Drew Michael and people like they've you know they're all like doing stuff on comedy central now kenny right. forest and uh will miles and clark jones who run the knitting factory in new york they used to come to my open mic a lot and now like at this point like i have a lot of friends that are in new york and are, are in la now where i feel like connected to all those like places and you know i gotcha the whole big world of this okay so what so what made the, the like the initial switch from i'm drunk and i'm serving beers oh, to I I'm going to take this shit seriously. Probably just getting too drunk. <laughs> like, probably just realizing I can't keep drinking like this. Um, I don't know what it was. I think I always loved it. You know what it was? I can tell you what it was. Yep, that's what I I've been wanted. drinking and, you know, eating soup. <laughs> I went to Comedians You Should Know for the first time. And I don't know if you're familiar with that showcase. Nope. but. It's a Chicago um, independent run show that um, 
Sorry, you can't eat on a podcast. It's like no, you can do it on my podcast. You can do whatever you want. We're good. Well, we're all learning. <laughs> um, Beanies, you should know, is like the best independent show in Chicago. It's been running for like seven or eight years now. I think seven. Anyway, um, I went to go see that for the first time, and I'd just been hanging out mostly at my open mic and a few other open mics, but not going to a lot of great shows. And going to that made me. I was sitting there watching, it and it blew me away. And I remember. Afterwards, Marty DeRosa, who's um, one of the original founding members, and he's back in Chicago now, and he's still one of the producers of CYSK. He came up to me after that show, and he was like, and he'd been to my mic a couple of times, you know? Gotcha. But I didn't really know him, and he just asked me, like, um, so what do you think? And I just was like, <sighs> like, I see how much harder I need to work at this. Right. Yeah. Like, that's that next level. And I'm sure, like, with here... You can do the open mic, but then you watch a real show, like maybe not mine, but like in general. (laughs) Come on, girl. No, but I mean, it does. It makes you realize like you need to elevate your stuff to like that next level. Right. And then I just became obsessed with that. Like just the only thing I want to do is just be funnier all the time. Like I can, you can never be funny enough, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it's all about. So that's the obsession. I mean, that's honestly, it's taken me this far, but that's really the only priority <laughs> so basically you just caught the comedy bug and oh, it, yeah. it, it, it hasn't left you yeah no I, I got exactly what you mean uh, so when you first start out in comedy if you could have had somebody that's been doing it for years and years give you some advice like what would you want them to tell you when they were f- like mm. when you were first starting out to save you months or years of of aggravation um Maybe take your time. It, what's that mean? <laughs> Spell that out a little bit. Well, honestly, I'm really grateful for the process of learning this. Yep. Like, I'm not in a rush to get... I mean, I think you can only learn certain perspectives on this because it is a marathon. You know, it's gotcha. not like a... I mean, you can only understand like you're always getting to new levels of it and the new insecurities and the new levels of achievement gotcha i'm with you there's i don't i hope that never ends because it makes it exciting you know i think no matter how long you're doing it you can get a new outlook on it um but uh sorry what was the question it's Uh. basically (laughs) like what advice when you when you first started out i would say take your time because i think when i first started out i was so nervous about getting all of my uh, my jokes that I'd written like just saying like saying them all and I didn't take time to like feel the room and connect with the room or just like take time even in my own head to say things the way I felt them okay you know so I mean like take your time as far as like delivery of your actual jokes when you're on stage and you know, if you're doing an open mic, maybe it's like four minutes or something or five right, minutes. Right, yeah, you know, five like minutes here, yep. You don't have to rush through that, you know. You can take your time up there, and there's a lot of power in that. I mean, don't waste anybody's time, but, like, take yours. And, like, I when I was newer, my sets were, like, I would talk really fast. I have a lot of quick tags okay. and jokes, and I would say things way too fast. So, for me personally, that would be my advice. But also just in the grander scheme of take your time would be, you know, just keep going there's not take your time with all of this you know because yeah like you want to be persistent and aggressive to a point to get things that you want right but there's no rush for 
anything, you know? People no, get really I, anxious I about opportunities and like people will get jealous, but it's like if one of my friends gets an amazing opportunity, I'm happy for them and also the next thing that comes up they might not be available for now, you know? Right. So And also they may even drag you into whatever it is that yeah, they you have. Never know, yeah, but like yeah, I mean there's no rush for anything and we're all going somewhere and if I don't think it's exclusive to comedy i just think that it's a life rule that if you genuinely work hard at something you get stuff out of it and i think like the harder you work at this the more you get out of it just like anything you no know? i completely agree with you i got a lot of things that uh i work really hard towards jujitsu mma mm-hmm. uh, this uh it'll take a lot of commitment yeah and uh everything transfers from one to the other and and i have learned that like just exactly what you're saying like it's it's a process and as long as you enjoy that process it doesn't matter like how long it takes like you're gonna you're gonna wind up somewhere you know right i mean yeah if you if you really put yourself into it i think there was definitely a point when i started like wanting to actively like work at this get better and now it's like i have never thought i would find like a job that i love doing the work for you know i mean some of it's still like you know you still have to do like annoying work for it sometimes right yeah too, no i know what you mean you got press and all that other stuff you got to do not that. even the press but like well yeah like promo can be a little bit well yeah that's what i mean yeah press and well yeah but like honestly I, i've been talking about this more and more uh, more like off stage is that people i think assume when you're a comedian that you have like all day free right you do shows at night so you must just be hanging out waiting to answer questions of, you know what I mean? Like this is a very appropriate context in which to ask me questions about comedy. Right. Yeah. But people will message me multiple times a week just to ask if I can like get coffee with them and talk about comedy. And it's like, well, I sure am busy trying to keep my website up to date and, you know, do 500 other things. And I, I don't think that they're really curious about my comedy as much as they're just like, what's the thing that I need to do? Right. They're not interested in you, but more like, how can you help me better myself? Right. People want help a lot. And I mean, the thing with comedy is that it's such a DIY thing. There is no like set path. You can create your own path and you can learn so much by just watching people that are doing yeah. well at this taking it on i see you with your notebook you're yeah. taking notes there's yep. another kind of comic that i'll you know meet on the road or in chicago it doesn't matter they're everywhere that is the kind of comic that will tell you like you're so funny but then you notice they're not even watching your set they're just trying to get a chance to talk to you about how right. you do what you're doing because they're like oh, yeah, like, you're good at this, but they actually aren't paying attention to what you're doing, you know? Like, no, not I, that I need the ego thing of people watching right. me, but it's like, if you if that's the best lesson you can take is just watching somebody who's good at what you want to do, you know? No, I'm completely with you. Like, uh, it's nice to be able to watch, like, black belts. I do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And, like, to watch what a black belt does, like... Yeah. Yeah, like it, it makes me it better. in an inquisitive way where you're like not just like enjoying what you're seeing and enjoying the performance, but also trying to learn from like, oh, I mean, it's it, 
when something's your job, like you can't go anywhere without kind of noticing certain things, you know, about the way they're doing things. Like if you're a waitress and you go out to eat, you're going to notice the way they, yeah, of course. Yep. So if you're a comedian and you're going to watch comedy, yeah, you're going to laugh. If it's funny, you're going to get lost in it. If it's really good, you're going to be watching the way they're doing it and trying to like, yeah. Oh, interesting. You know? Okay. So like something I've noticed about you is like, you're really good at just in my mind, what I call juggling. Oh, thank you. Which is like you put down somebody, but then you kind of put down yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you kind of like talk a little bit about that? You mean put down like somebody in the audience or something? Anything. Like you say something negative about somebody that isn't you. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of put yourself down a little bit. Or oh, I haven't you even know what noticed I mean? that. <laughs> no, yeah, you're like really good at that. Um, I think that's just like a reflex, you know, like um, just because... I. I don't do a ton of crowd work. Um, And so if if you're talking about like making fun of somebody in my act and then me, I don't know, I guess that's like more of a reflex thing. Like I don't do a ton of crowd work because I don't want to be picked on when I'm at a show. Right. Um, And I mean, I try to have fun and connect with people, but like cut it off at a point. You know what I mean? Like I don't want it to be like the pressures on them to fill the silence, you know, like, I, I don't want them to feel like they're supposed to talk at all, you know, okay. <laughs> but like, I mean, pe- some people are much better at crowd work than I am, but especially I, if I'm going to be like mean to somebody, which is, I feel like what you're saying, like, I don't remember, right. I don't remember what I said to who during these shows, but <laughs> if, and, and even it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's like somebody like in the crowd, but like, if you just say something that's like negative mm-hmm. and then you'll say something kind of like negative about yourself. Well, I didn't even notice the correlate. I just think a lot of comedy and a lot of probably anybody's, but definitely my material can be very self-deprecating. So it's probably just like right. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think it's also the some of the topics I'm saying, even if they are putting myself down, can be a little abrasive to certain people. Just the topics. So I try to present them in a way right. that's like, hey, aren't we having fun? Look at me. I'm an idiot. You know. <laughs> so. Right. But there's a difference between putting myself down and disqualifying myself. What's like uh, disqualifying? elaborate a little bit there like um i don't i my friend Kristen toomey she's headlined here before as well she's my best friend she's from chicago she pointed out years ago that like when i was on stage i kept saying you know what i mean and i caught like i didn't even realize because it was just how i talk i thought i was just talking natural Mm -hmm. up there you know i was saying that a lot when i was hanging out with people you know what i mean yep (laughs) i know what you Um, mean (laughs) but she pointed out that every time i say that when i'm on stage it's like discrediting the thing I just said because what I'm saying should be my opinion and strong. I should be strong enough in that opinion that I can say what I mean and you know what I mean. Right. I got the minute you. I say, you know what I mean? Or is that okay? Or is that right. Okay? Or, You're asking cool for permission. This? Yeah. So I try to be really conscious and careful of not doing that, you know, or doing that, whatever. However, that <laughs> sentence works grammatically. You know right. What I mean. No, I, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> So do you have like a basic outline of like how how your set goes or how to build a set as far as like, all right, I'm going to come up on stage when you're headlining, not a, like an open mic, but mm-hmm. like you're headlining. So like like just a basic outline of like, let me get them on my side. Let me start a little light. Let me get a little bit dirtier. Like well, like just a basic outline. Mic, either way, one thing that's always like I used to have a really like I used to have an opener like that used to be 
it used to be very important to me to have an opener, like a certain thing that I always say when I start, like that's my opening joke and I had my closing joke and those things were set in stone because no matter what I said in between those things, I knew I wanted to start off making them laugh and end making them laugh. So I would work out what happened in between that, but I was like, those are the two things I just wanted to focus on the most. And now I try to, you know, you try to save your biggest laugh for the end. Right. But you don't know how it's going to go sometimes. And sometimes you do your closer. Like tonight, actually, on the second show, I did what's been my closer lately. And I just wasn't feeling like it was enough, you know. So I just tried to do a few more things to try to just get one of those laughs that makes you feel like, okay, I can Right, off yeah. Now, and on know? a nice, hard laugh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, my first structure I've been really bad about writing sets lately or not bad about it but just like it's I haven't wanted to write sets lately I've just kind of enjoyed trying to be more in the moment and say what comes to mind of my stuff while I'm up there I noticed that a lot more on the second set yeah tonight the second set was definitely looser tonight because I felt like that crowd was a little bit drunk and like I just and they weren't I they were laughing really hard in the beginning but I felt like they kind of started either getting tired or losing focus so I just wanted to try to see what they were into and not like if I put too much thought into the structure of what I'm saying, then I might mess up the order or something. It's okay. I like being loose better. Um, but I kind of have a like vague idea of like where I'm going throughout the set and, uh, somebody, you know, I have a lot of like stuff that might be considered inappropriate to some people. So I try to build up towards that and gain some good graces and stuff before I, right. you know, dip into the period on a guy's face. You know what right. I mean? Like, let's <laughs> save that for later. <laughs> but also, sometimes I'll, even if I don't mean to do it, sometimes I'll mess with my own self and, like, get up there and say my closer right at the beginning. Okay. And then just have to find my way through it and find something else to end on that feels strong. So... I feel like that that was, like, I used to do that a lot as, like, kind of, like, a writing exercise, kind of, like, throw the plan out the window and, like, you know... <laughs> no, I like that. It's... I don't think I've ever done the same exact set twice. Okay, um, so... Except y- for, like, the, you know, when I did, like, my JFL audition, like, that was a five-minute set that I... I mean, I don't think I've ever done it twice the same way, but that was what it was supposed to be, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, the, I used to think having an opener was really important, and it definitely is, especially when you're new. Like, you have to be funny right away. You just have to get up there and be funny. Okay. That's like, find something that's like, especially like, I think that Twitter and Facebook, as awful as they can be, have been a really good writing tool. Right, yeah. Because Twitter got me to fit my joke in 140 characters. Yep. And now Facebook stepped it up a notch. And to get that big font, Facebook loud, it has to be like 100 characters okay. or something. So if I can make people laugh in that many letters, you know, right? that's a good skill to have. And... I feel like I can make people laugh within 30 seconds. I can do that, you know, mm-hmm. 15 seconds sometimes. Like my opener that I've been using, like it's a lot of like little jokes, but it's like it'll get people going, you know, and that's is it my best joke? No, but it's like, yeah, I want to get the energy up so that I can try to like keep that for the rest of it. Gotcha. Yeah, because I've heard like kind of like what I've heard is like your first joke is kind of like a throwaway. Um, so I would say the opposite. Okay. No, that's fine. Yep. I would say the, I mean, it can, yeah, it, 
that's one way of looking at it, but it's also like, it's such a, you're starting the whole thing off on whatever foot, like whatever joke you say in the beginning, like, I don't know. There's something to be said for just walking on and not hosting yourself at all either. Like that's another note that somebody gave me once, Danny Callis, who's part of comedians you should know. He told me like, try just going on stage and just starting this joke. Don't go up there and do any of that nice stuff where you're like, hi, it's so good to be here. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, yep. think, give it up for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, just get up there, say that. And like, you know, take a moment, let everybody drink everybody in, stand on stage and then just say your first joke. Don't host yourself. Just say your joke. And that's not something that I is not, that's not really my style of comedy to go up and like, like if it's an audition or something like where you just do material, yeah, I'm not going to do anything extra. I'll just do my jokes. Like I like being nice and like meeting people and saying hi, Mm -hmm. but some of my favorite comics, they don't do any of that. They just walk up there and they just, will start telling you a joke and they're funny right away. Right. Yeah. Cause it's awkward. There's something about that awkwardness that makes it so funny. Like there's one guy that'll get up there and just stand there for a second. And I don't recommend that to almost anybody, but like if you have strength when you do it, I mean, it's very awkward and it's very funny. Yeah. Cause I've played with that a little bit, like just walking up on stage and like not saying anything for 30 seconds, just kind of looking well, at 30 people. seconds is a long time. Yeah, it is a long anything. time. Yeah, it yeah. is. And it's just kind of like, a. Like, when I would do it, it's just, like, I'm just playing around. I'm seeing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm just kind of, like, playing playing around. Yeah. And then usually, like, after that 30 seconds, I'll come out with a dirty, nasty joke. And it, like, that that uh, that contrast usually does well, you know? Yeah. I mean, so long as it's working, that's the thing. This is the one thing where you learn just from listening to the audience. If they're laughing, it's working. If they're not laughing, it's not working. And some people I don't think are doing that. I think some people are genuinely just going up there and trying to get their jokes right and they're not paying attention to whether or not it's working. And no, I got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. All right. Uh, what's your biggest goal in comedy? Like, what's your... This is it, baby. <laughs> Jukebox <laughs> Comedy Club, tw- 12 people on a Friday, huh? That's it? Oh, there was more than 12 tonight. It was well, good. I don't know. I don't know. No, um, I'm just happy to do this for a living, honestly. But, like, do you want to be on this show, this podcast, I like, just literally pay your bills? Like, like I am paying my bills with it. Okay, so awesome. That's, that's not the that's peak of what I can do in this, I'm sure. But if I keep working, it just keeps getting better. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But my only goal is truly, like, honestly, I just want to be funnier all the time and just try to keep up with my schedule okay, and stay I gotcha. organized, you know? So you just want to be the best that you can be and then whatever happens with that. I would love to do, like, a writing job at some point, you know, write for a TV show or something, but I don't have my mindset on what I want that to be because it oftentimes when it you do get that opportunity, it's not what you had in mind. Right. So I'm trying to be open-minded, flexible. You know what I think would be a really cool job? I'm listening. Would be, like, writing for not even a comedy show, but like a drama that has like, oh man, you know, that crime show sure does have some funny one-liners in it. You okay, know? yeah. Like be the funny person on that writing staff. Yep. I would love that. Okay. But, you know, whatever. One of my friends, uh, Janelle James, um, she, she's been talking about uh, how she's she's working on this new late night show, this like talk show kind of a thing. And that's not ever like a thing that she was trying to do. She was never trying to do a late night talk show or like a talk show kind of a show 
but that's what they asked her to do, so that's what she's going to do, you know? Okay, yeah. She's going to kick its ass, but <laughs> you don't get to decide really what you get hired for. <laughs> right, no, I got you. And people, especially in a smaller scale, my friends are people that will talk about, like, oh, I can't get booked on this show or that show. Like, you can't control that. Like, you have to set goals for yourself that you can control, like... Like last year, my goal was to get to an hour, you know, like the year before that, it was to get to 45, like how many minutes I can do. That's something I can control. You know, I can't control who books me. Right. Yeah. I got you on that. Yeah. I mean, you can try to to get good bookings, but (laughs) you can't control it. So if you had to like, if you had to take somebody that's never done comedy before, so there's you and another comedian, you got a little bit like, we're going to take these two people each. And we're going to see who can make the best comic in a week. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What would you... Me and somebody that's never done it before? No. Okay. So you and another comic at your level, another headliner. Okay. You each are going to take one person under your wing that have never done comedy before. And you're both going to teach them and try to get them to do comedy. And then somebody's going to like judge them on who does better. What, like, what would you try to get that person to do within we'll just say four Uh, weeks pass pass (laughs) i i don't like the competition element i got no i got you i got you on that i've been to comedy what i can teach a person or another headliner can teach a person is irrelevant to what that person is willing to do with it so you're asking like what I could tell somebody to try to, or, you know, what I would do, but it's like. Not like, n- not writing the jokes for them, but yeah, like. Yeah, but even the whole process of this, like paying attention to it, respecting it, not showing up just f- because it's like a place you can get drunk, but like wanting to learn and grow. Like, I mean, I, there's, there's just like, that's a, a question I don't know how to answer because like if it's like. W- like if you're asking like what's like a comedy boot camp I would give somebody. Just go to as much of it as you can and watch as much of it as you can and do as many open mics as you can. And No, then, then that's the right answer. But, I mean, like, the idea of, like, getting two rookies to compete and, like, I mean, like I said, the first year I did this, it was to be drunk. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that question is basically to be, like, what's the basic stuff you need to work on so that you can be as good as you can as fast as you can? Yeah, again, that take your time thing. Okay. So no, th- there's there's no wrong answers. Here. Yeah, I would just there, you. I also don't have. Uh, everybody has a very different writing process. The more comedians I've talked to, the more I've learned that, and everybody's writing process is different. But like my personal writing process is that it's like the Mitch Hedberg style of well, if something's funny, you write it down, and if you can't find a pen, you better convince yourself it wasn't funny. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like I don't. Um, it, it sometimes I'll like listen to a set or like have an idea and try to write it out like lines for it, but mostly it's like, no, like something will come to me and that'll you know. Sometimes I'll feel like I'm in a writer's block, but what that just means is I haven't had a really funny idea come to right, me in yeah. like uh, you know a couple weeks or something. But the open mic I do. Uh, I do enough shows now that I'm not 
like I have material that I do on showcases that's ready or stuff that I'm comfortable trying at a showcase. Right. But my open mic, I'm pretty committed to every week just doing something different, something new that I'm not sure if it'll work because there's nothing there's nothing better than bombing. Oh, my Uh, God. Like, that's not true. But like for an open mic. No. Yeah, of course. You're going to learn so much from bombing at an open mic if you pay attention to it and you like use that and you're like, where did I lose them? And you listen to the recording and you're like, where did I mess up? And then you eliminate that or, you know, like you can learn so much from a bomb. Right. Yep. So. So do you record all your sets? Yeah, I don't listen to all of them, but if especially if one goes super good or super bad, I'll like probably listen to it and be like, oh, what happened there? Or if I'm trying to work on something. Okay, so. Tell me just a little bit real quick about your open mics that you do. Yeah, now. I mean, I just try to do new stuff whenever I'm at an open mic. Or so, like, like, how much time do you have? Uh, well, my open mic that I host, you know, I can do more time. Oh, you host it. My, well, that's the one I host. Like, I'll try to have something new every Sunday for my open mic. Like, and so, like a couple jokes, one joke? No, like, I'll go up there and I'll do, like, eight minutes of of new ideas or okay. just talking about. Right. And I'll try to write, I'll write a few jokes, but then I'll just find, and I'll write more jokes while I'm on stage is the thing. Right. You yep. know, M- more of my tags I write when I'm up there in the moment, you know? Gotcha. And maybe that's from the improv stuff training, but, uh, and then if it goes well, I keep it forever. But when I go to an open mic, yeah, I, I might have... That's kind of my rule. I do it like on a weekly cycle where every Sunday at my open mic, I have new stuff I'm working on. And then in any open mics I do during that week, I also host at Laugh Factory every Tuesday. I host a pretty long showcase every Tuesday night. And so I'll do my new stuff on Sunday and whatever was good, I'll use that on Tuesday and make it better. Right. And I'll try to throw in new stuff in between people too. But then any open mics I do other than, you know, mine... I might use that same new thing from that week, but usually it's like, you know, if it doesn't do well enough within that week to make it onto a showcase, then I'm probably done with it unless I think of something else for it, you know? No, I got you. But my my speed on it is going to be faster because I'm doing more shows than there are nights in the week sometimes. So you have to go at your own pace with that stuff, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of repetition for anything to be... You can't know based on one mic if something's great. Right, yeah. Even if it goes well, you can't know that it's good. So so what would you say the number of mics it would take before you're like, okay, this this joke does work well? Uh, that's, again, it just depends, you know? They're not always ready right away. Like, they need... they Sometimes they need tweaking and tuning, so... That's... <sighs> I can't answer that. Has no, that's fine. One of my jokes right now, the biggest laugh I get on it, I didn't think of that line in the joke till a year, two years after I started telling that joke. Okay. So, I mean, it's been good for a while, but now it's really good. And so, right. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. Like there's, like I said, there's no wrong answers. It's like, this is, yeah, all, this like is a, art and it's all... You seem all like to be a very like kind of like precise kind of guy, like maybe a little mathematical about your process when it comes to especially all the other stuff you're doing, I think, with like the levels and all that stuff. Right, yeah. And I respect that. But also I feel like because it is still like an art form, like there isn't an algorithm or a formula that... Right. No, like I'm just, like I'm myself, I'm trying to learn like, to get good at comedy mm-hmm. and then uh like i know that there is like that 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 openness that you can just be yourself and do whatever do whatever it is you want like have your yeah. own style yeah 
So, but I, I, in my mind, I still think there's, there might be a little something to like a mathematical point to it. Like I said, like you open. I'm sure there is that angle on it too. I mean, I, I, I mean, comedy works in threes. There are rules. Right. Yeah. That's not, right. There are rules, but you don't, you can't follow them too strictly. You know what I mean? You have to kind of make your own thing too. So it's like, you know. You, it's really a matter of do go up there, try to make them laugh. If they laugh, remember what you did and try to do that again and do it better. If they don't laugh, do something different. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like how to, j- literally just how to get better, help me get better, help anybody, help anybody else get better. So if we can find something that's like solid, like you can do this and it's definitely going to help you, then like that's kind of what I'm searching the for. The best jokes are going to be the things that people relate to the most that they're like oh yeah like that's exactly what i think but i just never thought about it in those words or that way before and that's a really like silly way to think about it or something like that but people or it'll just be something absurd but like a lot of comedy is people like relating to what you're saying so you just you know keep trying to talk about things that you think other people will feel that way about or never have thought this way about you know okay no i gotcha yeah for sure yeah but also talk about yourself. Like, n- not a lot of people are training for MMA and stuff like that. So if you can find a way to talk about something that they have never thought of, but do it in a way that makes them relate to you, you know? Okay. No, I gotcha. Yeah. Like, compare it to something that they might understand, you know? Right. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll do a couple more questions, and then I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah, I uh, think my feature's ready to go back to that strip club. <laughs> We're gonna Jason Earl Folks in with in from Chicago. Can he come and help answer these last few questions? Yeah, Is that all yeah, right? No, that's fine. We have no structure here. Want to just? I have can no you structure. just stand here in case I need help with some of these last few answers? Jason Earl Folks is a Chicago-based comedian, and I just uh, bombarded this podcast by inviting him to stand here next to me. Super we've been f- we've been drinking and smoking. <laughs> uh, Super funny. I can attest to that. If uh, I didn't think he was, I wouldn't styles, say that. Though, right? Yeah, for sure. I <laughs> Me and Jason love soup and Dan made us soup, so this P- is the best. Potato yeah. cheddar. Potato cheddar, baby. Was that your question? Yeah. <laughs> how did you like how did you like the soup of the jukebox? Loved the juke soup. I tried it. <laughs> Loved the there's a soup box in Chicago. I like this soup better, I'll be honest. <laughs> they won't deliver to me because I don't have a bank account. <laughs> also, the soup box says all their soup is home style, which is different than homemade. So don't be fooled. Ooh. Comes in Ziploc bags that they boil. Yep, that ain't soup. All right, so eat every comedian that like I've heard, like they're trying to find their own voice. Like, mm-hmm. so what I've done is I've taken a joke from uh, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, and then I I've taken it and tweaked it into my own voice. And so I want to give you that joke and then have you see if you can tweak it into your own voice. Uh, Does that make sense? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you it in my voice <laughs> after, after you tell it in your voice. So his joke is, I'm paraphrasing that an escalator can never break. It can only become stairs. Right. Okay. So was that your voice or his no, that, joke? that was, okay. that was his joke and his voice. <laughs> I have my Sounded own. like you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was your voice. (laughs) 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 
but but that was his joke and then i i have my own skew on on that okay so if you had to take that joke and say it in your own voice if you had to what's your skew on it okay so so my skew on it is a vibrator can never break it can only become a dildo so that's okay. me telling his premise in my voice. I thought you meant like you were going to do the joke like Mitch Hedberg, like an impression of Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then it went down the line as like everybody else. Now you do an impression of me doing an impression of Mitch Hedberg. No, it's basically me taking his premise and then then saying it the way that I would have said it if I would have thought about it on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, I would say like, uh, like soup can never break. <laughs> it can only be a dildo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I I laugh. So I mean, job job huh? done. Huh? Yeah. You yeah. got to give me time to prepare something like that, man. No. Jesus. Yeah. I just kind of put uh, you on the spot. <laughs> I actually told that I told that to a cop one time to get out of a ticket. Well, I hope it worked. No, it did. I didn't oh, get a ticket. Oh, special I got, guest. I got pulled over with like a half ounce of weed in a bowl and told him that uh, I tell him a joke if he'd let me out of it, and he did. I used a couple of those uh, giant potatoes, you know, for that potato cheese soup. Oh, so good. This right, is Dan, by the way, <laughs> the owner, owner of the, of the jukebox box. comic club. A couple of those uh, shakers. They're called like shakers. Potatoes, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of those big ones left, and uh, if you peel them. That's a dildo. You <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, really, you're not far off. That was, you were really close. <laughs> All right, we're going to end on a laugh. I'd like to thank you, Rena. Oh, thank it you. It was amazing to have you. Like, it's been a pleasure to watch you, like, seriously. Oh, thank you for saying all that, and uh, thanks for, you know, having uh, being organized. Yeah. I think that you've got a lot going for you, and that has... Um, like Jason doesn't have a bank account. Look at him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have one too, but it's overdrawn. <laughs> okay. Well, so I don't know who's winning. Uh, All right. Do you have anything you want to plug? Twitter, Facebook, yeah, anything I'm like on that? Yeah, everywhere at Rena Calm, R E E N A C A L M. Uh, Lincoln bio. I don't know what this is, but <laughs> I don't know what this podcast is called. <laughs> by the, by the to way, be named there's podcast. No, the, there's no nickname for a, a, a baked potato called a shaker. <laughs> there isn't. You just went right along I with that, with and I was like, "Yeah." I mean, uh, they, uh, call it sounded it, good. Like you can call him a baker, like yeah. a baker. Yeah. Honestly, I was a shaker like, is mm. like I was just seeing what you were doing. And you, it sounded good. It was very convincing. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> Me and Jason, we've been talking about twice baked potatoes a lot too, and I was like, "Oh, I could go for a shaker right now." <laughs> <laughs> Give me a hot shaker. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So Rena Calm on everything. And, uh, my website is renacalm.com and I try to keep that up to date, uh, when I'm not busy <laughs> All answering right. questions about comedy. Awesome. Thank you, Rena. I appreciate <laughs> oh, it, girl. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, we shook hands. We you can't see hands. it. That's very professional. <laughs> I gotta chug this whiskey.